Good morning and welcome to today's episode of Running the Race, where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith. I'm so glad you've taken the time to join with us this morning. My name is Michael and I am your host. Now on our conversation guest today, we'll be talking with Coach Mylon Turner, who is the head football coach at Veterans High School in Kathleen, Georgia. But before we talk with Coach Turner, I want to share a message of hope with you from Psalm 119. Listen as David writes in Psalm 119, beginning in verse 35. He says, make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. What an incredible statement right here in Psalm 119, the longest chapter in all of Scripture. And last week we saw in this same passage, we saw that that David reminds us that we can trust God in his truth. Not only can we trust God in his truth, but we can trust God in his authority. He says to make me, to incline my heart, to turn away my eyes. David's prayer here is for God to act upon him in a strong way. It's a statement of surrender and submission. Because God is sovereign, right? His statutes, his testimonies, David said, are true. Because God is sovereign, David says, I surrender to you. So make me, incline my heart, turn away my eyes. David is asking for God to work on him. He says, I trust God in God's authority. See, we have an innate desire to rebel against authority. Now, freedom is not being free to do whatever we want with no regard for law and order. Rather, freedom is free, being free to enjoy life within the framework of law and order. You see, God has a sovereign authority to direct us. The happy life is not the life of arguing and wrestling against the authority that has the power to bless and discipline. Rather, the happy life is one that walks in trusted surrender to the God of all creation. Now, we don't like that word authority, so let's make certain we understand exactly what we're talking about when we say God's authority over us. First of all, it's a loving authority. David pleads when he says, make me this way, right? God's authority is a loving authority. God's love doesn't leave us like it finds us. Rather, it moves us from where we are to a greater walk in God's grace and God's truth. So it's a loving authority. God's authority is also a gracious authority. Only by God's grace is our heart cleansed. I mean, I I can't will myself. I need God to act on me. And so we would pray, we would say, be merciful to me, the sinner. That's what David says, right? He says to incline my heart, incline my heart. Oh God. So God's authority is loving. It's gracious. And God's authority is merciful. David says, turn my eyes from vanity. See God's authority over our lives keeps us from wasting our lives. Years ago, I was uh, climbing in, in in a mountainous area and there was a warning sign that said danger area. Do not go beyond this sign. A slip from this treacherous area can be fatal. And and not only is that true in the physical sense, but it is true in the spiritual sense as well, right? We do not need to go beyond. We cannot be, be so casual that we move beyond the sign of God's authority and move into a fatally dangerous place, right? God's authority is loving, it is gracious, and it is merciful in our lives. So we can trust God in his authority. And then I also want you to see that we can trust God in his promises. David says, establish your word, right? He says to fulfill your promise to your servant. That's what David is praying here. You see, all of the Bible is God's promise to us. David says, I long for your precepts. David says, I, I, I long to have a deep understanding. There's a deep longing in his heart for God's word 
And that deep longing for the truth of God's word in our lives is the mark of a maturing believer. We will never be rooted and grounded in our beliefs unless we daily practice what we profess to believe. David says that it produces a reverence for you. You see, we will never worship God if we do not believe. We cannot look for fulfillment of promises and our experiences unless we live under the influence of the fear of the Lord. So David says, turn away my reproach. He's like, I do not want to dishonor you. I do not want to dishonor your great name. The psalmist claimed the promises of God. He says, your ordinances are good. And so we can trust God in his promises. You see, in the, in the New Testament, God's promises to us are like this. There's the promise through Jesus Christ of, of the new covenant, of the new life. As the hymn writer wrote, standing on the promises of Christ, my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. The promise that greater love has no man this, that he would lay down his life for us. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the promises of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Standing on the promises, I now can see perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. Standing on the promises of God. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, that promise that God would never leave us nor forsake us. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord. Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, I'm standing on the promises of God. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do far abundantly beyond all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Standing on the promises, I shall not fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. I'm resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. We can trust God in his promises. My dear friend, I plead with you. Two things to know that God loves you, that Jesus is the only way of salvation. Number one, Jesus is the only way of salvation. Number two, God's truth in the scriptures is the source of truth for our lives. Dear God in heaven, I pray, Lord, today you'd help us to be living in surrendered faith and trust to Jesus. God, we trust you. Help us to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're listening to Running the Race, where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith. I'm honored to have as our conversation guest today, Coach Mylon Turner. Coach Turner is the head football coach at Veterans High School in Kathleen, Georgia. So, Coach Turner, good morning, and thank you for joining us in the conversation about faith and sports today. Absolutely. So thankful to be on the show and really appreciate you having me this morning. Now, Coach, we had your assistant uh, head coach on the program last week. Uh, so do this for me to remind our listeners, if they're looking for Veterans High School in Kathleen, Georgia, where are they going to find you? Well, we're just south of Highway 96, uh, just a little bit off Highway 247, south of the base. So we're kind of in the uh, southeast corner of the county. Um, you know, you get out all the traffic and everything, get a little bit out in the country, and you'll find us sitting right there. Yeah, you guys are right in the middle of Georgia, uh, just making Warner Robins, right below Warner Robins there. And uh, so very good. Well, Coach, let's do this. Give our listeners a little bit of context. Why don't you take a couple of moments, introduce yourself, and share a little bit about you and your, your background. Absolutely. Uh, grew up in South Florida, uh, moved to Georgia 1988, many moons ago, went to Georgia Southern University and uh, met my wife at, at church uh, there in Statesboro, Georgia, and uh, married a Georgia girl and never looked back. Been in Georgia ever since and um, you know, finished up school and been coaching. Uh, this will be 27 years, um, you know, and been, been in some great communities and, and around some great people. 
I've got two children, my son Dylan, who is a teacher and coach up in uh, at Walton High School up in Cobb County, right outside of Atlanta. He and his wife are up there. She's a course teacher. Rachel teaches at, um, at Grayson Middle in Gwinnett. And then my daughter is a nurse. She's uh, in labor and delivery in Statesboro uh, at the hospital there and uh, soon to be married. She's engaged to be married uh, New Year's Eve. So uh, they've, they've all grown up and we're, we're looking forward to grandkids and, and ready for, for that. And Hobbies, uh, I, I like to hunt and fish, play a little golf, and probably one of the biggest things I do uh, that a lot of people wouldn't know is I like to build furniture out of reclaimed wood. And so that's a I love to get out my workshop and, and do stuff like that. So, um, but but this this year is 30 years my wife and I have been together, and um, you know just just been an amazing journey to to watch God, uh, you know, in our marriage and our family and 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 through sports through the game of football, try to try to make a difference in the lives of the people. Uh, you know that he puts around us so it's been it's been a great journey now you say 27 years coaching how many uh seasons uh, have you been at uh, veterans high school i've completed three so going into this year will be my fourth season okay now how did sports become such a big part of of your life and particularly football well, yeah uh grew up playing sports um you know the little league deal and through middle school and, and then into high school and um Loved playing sports, but I really loved uh, what I, what sports did for me, what sports does in terms of uh, team building. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think all of it stems from, you know, what, what, what God put in me. You know, he puts gifts and talents and desires in all of us. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, I like to build furniture and stuff. And so, so God has, had put um, just a desire to, to build, to pour into people, to build things, to take something, uh, just like he did with my life, to take something um, that, that, that doesn't look like it's very good or going well and uh, kind of take and make beauty from ashes, you know, to, to, to make it something better, a better version of itself. And so uh, I saw sports as an opportunity to do that, you know, to, to, to pour into to other people, to pour into community, and then, and then mostly to pour into kids and um, and, and try to build them up, try to make a difference, take them from where they are and, and make them a better version of themselves, whether that be as an athlete or, or just as a person. And so uh, I saw sports as a great platform for that. I actually went in college pre-physical therapy and uh, did, you know started that, that coursework and just kept feeling that tug to, to go into coaching, to stay involved in sports. And uh, again, I saw it as an opportunity to really reach a lot of, a lot of people um, and, and it's been a great journey. Let's bring in the other side of this conversation, and that's the, the faith component. And let me ask this, Coach, how did, how did you come to personal saving faith in Jesus? Um, you know, as a young boy, I was uh, my, my family went to church when I was small, and then they got out of church. Uh, we moved to South Florida when I was, was young, and um, my parents were, were not in church uh, at that time. And I'm one of those guys that had, a, had one of those praying uh grandmas you know that just yes. loved the lord and she just kept encouraging me that uh you know she said when you get your driver's license i want you to find you a church and of course i you know i kind of laughed that laughed it off you know sure whatever and, and but after i got my driver's license just really uh felt that tug and that that need that desire to, to go find a church and and i did that and um you know and and late in my teenage years and uh 
1987, found a church, and it happened to be in a revival uh, meeting uh, when I went to visit. So I went every night and uh, and gave my life to Christ at that time. And so I attribute that a lot to, to my grandmother's influence and the influence as a young boy of, of being in church when I was small. Um, you know, but, but that was when I gave my heart to Christ. And then when I went off to college and, and, and got involved in church there, rededicated my life and just really nailed it down as ter- in terms of not just having him in my life as Savior, but, but nailing it down to make him Lord um, yeah. and, and, and surrendering my life to him and, and what he wanted to me, me to be as a husband, you know, in, in my career and in all areas of my life. And, um, and again, it's just been incredible, uh, you know, to see God's grace and, and, and mercy throughout all that and, and, uh, and what he's done in my life and continues to do to, to make me a better version of myself every day. Now, Coach, obviously for, for you, being involved in, in a local church is, is an important part of your life. And in, in coaching, you guys, we call it the grind, right? I mean, it's a, it's a grind in season, off season, post season, uh, the, the whole thing. There's a grind there that goes on in a coach's life. If you could speak to coaches, what would you say? How would you encourage them that in the midst of all that grind to find and be be dedicated, be faithful in in that local church involvement. Yeah, you know, obviously, you, you know, young coach, new coach, or or, or veteran coach, um, you know, everything begins with a foundation. Whether you're building a house, building a business, or building a football program, or or just building your life, and so. Um, the most important thing is to first understand that we're, we were created by God for God, and and, and, and you got to have a foundation, and that foundation needs to be Jesus Christ. You know, every human being can attain some measure of success uh, on their own, um, but no one uh, can ever become all that they were created for and all that they were created to be uh, apart from a relationship with Christ. So my first encouragement would be, uh, to, to settle that, to, to make Christ the, the, the Lord and Savior of your life, to make him the center of your life, and then to make him the foundation, um, you know, in your home, in your marriage, and, and then in, in your career. Um, and, and the other part with that is understanding that uh, it's it's a journey. I tell this to coaches all the time, coaches I interview or that are on my staff, and what I mean by that is that, um, coaching is so much different now, even than when I first got in terms of the time. Um, we do so much more now than we ever did uh, year-round. I mean, literally, yeah. uh, is is year-round. And, and it's not just at the school. There's so much behind the scenes. You know, there's phone calls when you're at home or on a vacation or whatever, so you, you almost feel like you never get a reprieve. But I tell them all the time it's about the journey. And what I mean by that is that they're going to spend so much time with, with those coaches uh, with that staff, the people that work with it, uh, you, you better make sure, um, you know, that you're with uh, a group of guys that, um, you know, that they care about each other and uh, that you can enjoy doing the journey with. Uh, I know a lot of coaches that are on very successful staffs and they're miserable. They're winning championships, but they're miserable um, because either the head coach or the guys around them are all about, you know, the end game, you know, the winning or the championship and, uh, they don't feel like them or their families are valued. So I think that's important. So I think if you've got Christ as your foundation, um, and I think if you are very careful about who you do the journey with and surround yourself with people that, you know, that, that support you and that you can support and, and they have those same, uh, 
values, you know, that you do. I think that's vital to to, to your individual success, but also the success of, uh, of your program. Our conversation guest this morning on Running the Race is Coach Mylon Turner, the head football coach at Veterans High School in Kathleen, Georgia. Coach, let me, let me ask you this. We'll kind of roll back to the other side of this uh, conversation coin, and that's coaching. How, how did you get into coaching? Well, interesting story. Uh, right at the end of uh, college, uh, I started my own lawn and landscape business and uh, there in Statesboro and, and was doing well with that. Had graduated and, and kind of thought that's what I was going to do. Um, I quickly figured out that everybody likes a paycheck, but not everybody likes to show up to work every day. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was really interesting. I happened to actually be out on my, my wife's father, my father-in-law's farm, and, and we were getting stuff ready for, for hunting season and that sort of thing. And um, it was late August, maybe right there at the 1st of September. And uh, I had had a guy that had inquired about my business. He was doing really well. And he said, oh, you know, if you ever want to sell your equipment or your business, let me know. And I was like, sure, okay. And didn't really think much about it. Well, I got a phone call from the head coach, Chuck Connolly at Screven County. And uh, he called the house and my wife had called me and said, hey, uh, you know, the coach from Screven called wanted you to call him about a job opportunity. And, uh, so he had got my name from a, from another coach in the area that, that knew me while I was in college, and uh, I called him up and went and met with him. And next thing you know, I'm I'm assistant football and head wrestling coach, you know. And and uh, so I called the guy up that had asked me about my business, and uh, and he bought all the equipment and bought my business, and uh, <laughs> and the rest was history. I was no longer cutting grass; I was I was coaching. So, um, you know, kind of one of those God ordained things, you know. It was just. He was all over it, you know, and it was his timing. You know, I really wasn't even thinking about it at the time and, uh, you know, what I was going to do with it. But I knew it was out there for me at some point. I just didn't know in what realm, you know, was I going to cut grass and coach little kids in the evenings, you know, little league stuff, or, you know, or was it was he going to take me into, you know, into actual public school coaching? And, and that's what he ended up doing. So, um, you know, the rest was history. Now, what do you enjoy the most about coaching? For me, it's the ministry aspect. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. It really is. I, I, I love um, love ball, love coaching, and and, and and building the program. And I love seeing kids be successful. Um, but but the thing that brings me the most enjoyment is pouring into my staff, the guys that, that God's placed uh, with me, and then pouring into these kids. Um, you know, and I, and especially it's it's always been like that, but it gets more and more like that as I mature and grow uh, as a man because obviously I've had more life experience and I've seen the storms of life. I've seen what 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 can be both good and and the bad of it. And so um, I, I think there's just such an urgent need for men to pour into young men or, or women to pour into young women and help give them. Uh, what I like to call a, a toolbox for life, um, you know, helping them navigate life. You know, they're with us, you know, a one year, two, three, four years at the most, but they've got a lifetime ahead of them of, of job, marriage, raising kids, you know, contributing to society, making their life count, that sort of thing. So um, there's nothing better than, than, than feeling like you've, you've had a, a young man in your program and they leave your program and, and, and feeling like you've given them that toolbox that you've given them, given them Christ, given them an opportunity to, um, to, to make that choice, to choose him or reject him. And then, uh, 
and then hopefully to live a life that honors him and, and glorifies him and gives him preeminence and, and then to see them be successful um, in their career, to see them have families and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I had a, a former player uh, just the other day that that, uh, that had played for me almost, you know, 17, 18 years ago. To, you know, a lot of those guys I still keep in touch with, uh, you know, to this day. And, uh, been very successful, played college ball, done a lot of great things. And, uh, you know, and the guy that just had put him on my heart the other day, you know, and, and I just texted him, you know, and said, hey, God, I had you on my heart, you know, just pray for you. And I want you to know I, I love you. Well, he texts back a little bit later and, and come to find out he, when I text him that, he was sitting in the hospital with his, you know, with his new wife and uh, she was having a procedure that she had just had a miscarriage. And so, here they were going through, you know, one of the major storms of life. And if there's anybody that can navigate that, it would it would be him because he loves Jesus and he's he's got that toolbox. I mean, he but 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 you know that that's tough for anybody, no matter who you are. And so um, those are the kind of things that that that, ex, that just encourage me, that 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 push me, that that are important. You know, he and I won a state championship together, and that's great. But that's that's so far back in terms of the importance. It's so much more about, about life and, and those relationships. And again, you know, having those opportunities to, 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 to build those men up and prepare them for situations like that. Now across three decades of coaching, how has coaching changed the most from your perspective? You know, I'm going to steal. Uh, uh, I'm going to steal a comment that was made years ago uh, by by Coach Bowden. Uh, you know, back when he was at Florida State, uh, he had done a, a, a national radio show, and somebody asked him that question. I think their question was more, you know, how have kids changed or the game? And, and he made the comment that their that parents is, is what's changed, and 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 I agree with that. I just think. I think our culture is the biggest thing. Kids are still kids. You know, kids still want discipline and they still want boundaries and they, uh, they want to be loved. They want to be affirmed. They, they want to know that someone genuinely cares about them. They want to be a part of something. Uh, that's how we were all created as humans. They want to feel important and, and none of that has changed. It's all still the same, but our, our culture, um, and I think a lot of parents, not all parents, but I think a lot of parents, because of the culture when it's changed, um, you know, a lot. Um, I think I think kids are coming to us um, the least prepared in terms of, you know, accountability and work ethic and standard. I think so many of them, for whatever reason, are. You know, they've kind of been turned to loose, and I think a lot of parents are, are now everybody takes the easy route. You know, we want everything fast and convenient and easy. And so I think they've adopted that mindset with raising kids, you know, just, uh, you know, put them in front of a TV or a video game, and, you know, as long as they're not bothering you and they're not hurting anybody, you know, and then yeah. give them whatever they want so that you don't have to, you know, discipline them or, or tell them no and, and that sort of thing. And so I think a lot of kids, not all of them, but I think a lot of kids come to us kind of, I call it kind of crippled in a way, um, but because of their environment. And so kids are still the same, uh, the, you know, as far as that goes. The game itself, um, you know, is still the same with the exception of, of, of the time. So, Coach, let me ask you about how you how you handle the responsibilities over all these years uh, of coaching 
uh, and being a husband and father. How, how do you how do you balance or handle the demands of coaching with the responsibilities at home? Yeah, um, and and obviously now um, I'm in a little bit of a different phase with my kids grown, but but I will say this, and and going back. Um, you know, early on, I didn't do a very good job. You know, early on, that that's something that, you know, I try to be very transparent with, with, with my coaches or, or when I'm talking to folks about it is um, I didn't do a very good job early as a, as a young man, as a young coach and young husband, young father. Um, the, the lines got blurred in terms of chasing my career, building my career. Now on the one hand, you know, there was justification in saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm I'm building this career. I want to make you know more money to be able to provide better for my family." And that, that all sounds good and, and that sort of thing. But but what begins to happen is 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 all of a sudden that that career uh, begins to um, occupy uh, the higher priority, uh, and, and family begins to to suffer. And so that was something the Lord really had to deal with me on. Uh, early in my career was not only the time aspect, how, how much importance was I giving to the coaching and the career versus how much I was giving to my wife and my kids. Um, but it was also learning how to, even when, when, when the time situation, uh, the priority got corrected, it was also learning how to leave work alone, like leave it where it was. In other words, you know, when I pulled in the driveway, I had to be able to let go of work and, and switch gears. And it had to be about, you know, my wife and my kids and, and being focused on them. You know, yeah. uh, you know, my wife and kids joke about, you know, the times when they were little, I'm sitting there in the living room with them. And, you know, Dylan and Reagan are saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. You know, they're calling me and like I'm, in a, I'm a million miles away. You know, when he's like, well, and, the, you know, they've said your name like five times and I didn't even hear them, you know. And just, you know, I'm doodling a play or a defense or something on a notepad or I'm watching film, you know, and it's like I had to learn um, there's there's being present and then there's being present, right? Right. And um, and so I'm thankful, you know, God, God taught me. You know, he did. He corrected me and he taught me and, he had to take me to the woodshed a few times on that, but um, I'm thankful that he did, that, that I was able to learn. If I could go back, obviously, um, you know, I would I would definitely tell the younger me, that, you know, it's great that you want to be successful and you want to build a career, and, and you can do that and, and still uh, make sure that your family's a priority and make sure that your wife and your kids are getting the, the time that they need, uh, and not just your presence, but but being locked into them and, and being connected and, and, and investing in them. And that's something I learned early. It's something I got better at as, as you know, as I grew and matured in, in my walk with Christ and as and matured as a, as a man. Um, but, but hopefully that can be some encouragement to some young or old coaches, you know, that maybe still haven't figured that out. Yeah. Um, because there are no do-overs. You get one shot at uh, this life. You got one chance to, to be the best husband you can and one chance to be the best father. And, and, and that, that time's limited to, to them being at home because they'll grow up fast and they're gone and you don't get to do that again. So I uh, definitely want to encourage people in that area. Coach Turner, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. And before I let you go, I want to put you through what we call our lightning round. I'm going to ask you your favorite something or another or give you a couple options. You just respond with the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Gotcha. All right, very good. Uh, your favorite number? Seven. 
If you could coach one sport other than football, which sport would you choose? Wrestling. Cake or pie? Cake. All right, you can only choose one golf club out of the bag to play the entire round. Every shot with one club, which club are you taking? Seven iron. What's one place you've always wanted to visit that you haven't gotten to yet? Italy. The most used app on your phone? Google. Are you going with LeBron or MJ? MJ. All the way. That's the only answer. Coach Turner, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. Thank you for all you are doing to shepherd and to influence uh, a generation of athletes and coaches uh, with the gospel of Christ. I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. God bless you guys. Thank you for having me. FCA's mission is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. And I don't know about you, but every week when I get to talk with these coaches and to hear their story and hear how God is working in their lives and the platform that he has given them, it is absolutely inspiring and encouraging at the same time to know that there are men and women who are serving to make an impact in the next generation. And so I want to give you the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. We talk about this every week. Our coaches and athletes need you on their team through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. would love to help you get connected to be able to serve as a volunteer through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. If you'll go online to volushaflaglerfca.org, that's volushaflaglerfca.org, click the contact button and send us an email and say, how can I get involved to serve as a volunteer? We'd love to connect with you and share and help mobilize you to serve and to make an impact right here in your community. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. We hope you have a great week and look forward to getting together next Sunday for running the race where we're helping you to run well and finish strong in the race of faith.